Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus, a movie. One minute at a time. And this week is a big minute, minute 102, where the reindeer finally performed the super duper looper, and we are going to be talking about it a lot. Yes. But before we do... We do have some listener feedback. Dooley? More and more learning to write now, asking for what they want. Reading and writing, writing and reading. Who's this week's email from? Okay, well, this is this is not from this week. This is from a little while ago, but this is from Russell. He sent us a very nice email about his history and what Santa Claus the movie means to him. And he wanted to share with us that he is enjoying our podcast and that it's very unique going through a movie one minute at a time, which is, I mean, I think it's pretty cool, too. I think I'm having fun doing it. I don't know what you think, but I'm enjoying it. I've been enjoying it immensely. (laughs) And I'm impressed that every minute we find something new to obsess over for a half hour or so. Yeah. He says that along with ours, he is also listening to the Back to the Future Minute and the Spider-Man Minute. And he also gave us a suggestion. After we have finished the movie, he was wondering if we were going to do a watch the movie with a commentary. Like record our commentary as we watch the whole movie through. To conclude our podcast. And then someone in theory could like sync up our commentary track. Yes. To the movie. Yeah. That is an idea. That is a good idea and one that we've added to our list of possible things to do mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. It's interesting. I never would have thought of doing that. It'd be a pretty it'd be pretty weird watching it in real time with <laughs> knowing as much as we know now. Yeah. Watching it play out in real time. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be constantly probably making Uh, comments about how great it looks in HD because I feel like every year when we watch it since we started doing this podcast because I still watch it every Christmas season all the way through I don't want to ruin the illusion that I haven't watched it in two years because we've been doing it minute by minute but watching it HD version every year I'm like man it looks so good in HD so prepare for a lot of that comment throughout <laughs> a commentary with us. I also half expect us to get hung up explaining the villagers' names and backstories at the beginning. <laughs> and then and then the movie will be like, be like 15 minutes deep into the movie. So I guess we should start talking about Santa at some They'll point. They'll be at New York and we're still talking about the villagers <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. This is Elsa, Hans, <laughs> and Axel. Yes. I still remember their names. Yeah, very nice. So let's talk about Minute 102. Thanks, by the way, for Russell for uh, writing in. Yes. That is a good suggestion. Mm-hmm. We, 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 de- we definitely have ideas between us. A lot of them we've kicked around on mic of right. how to extend the lifespan of our little show here. <laughs> but anyway, let's dive into Minute 102, hop into the sleigh. Our minute begins as Patch attempts to get the Patchmobile back under control. Patch is frantically moving the steering wheel around as the alarm sound continues. And I noticed this time, I kept my eye on it. Eye on the steering wheel. You said mm-hmm. how it didn't really look connected. It yeah. looks like it's like a car steering wheel. But the way Patch has it rigged up, which makes sense. like it, It's also rigged up like how you control a plane. It can go right. up, down, left, and right. 
It yes. makes sense that when he's driving it on the ground, he'd want a normal car steering wheel. But when he's in the air, like he is right now, it maneuvers like an airplane. I don't know the terminology, but I can see it a in yoke. the... The what? Yoke. The plain yoke. I'll take the... your word for it. <laughs> I mentioned that last time. So I'm glad that you're seeing what I was seeing. In the last I don't remember minute. you using the word yoke last time. I didn't I use the word yoke. I think yoke, I would have remembered that. <laughs> I didn't use the word yoke, but I said I didn't know if he was using it like an airplane where you push down and you pull up. But I was keeping an eye open for it this yes. time when I was taking my notes. Yeah, I appreciate that you uh, kept that in the back of your head. And we'll say it a lot. We've said it a lot before, but the attention to detail in this movie is top notch just mm -hmm. just that detail alone they could have just phoned it in on a lot of this stuff but they really put a <laughs> lot of effort into this thinking how things would operate What's going on? Here we go. how does cornelia even know what the super duper looper is i guess you're just bracing herself for something santa said hold on and he is mm -hmm. the only thing to hang on to true i don't <laughs> do you think she is expecting to go upside down no i don't think so I don't think so. Unless Joe told her about it. I suppose that's something, too. He could, know. Have, he could have told her about his adventures with Santa and the Super Duper Looper in New York. Yeah. So after Santa tells Cornelia to hang on, he once again says, I feel so bad for these reindeer. This has been intense for them. It has. It's amazing that they're still going. Mm-hmm. But they are determined to save their friends. Okay, so do you want to hear what the, the book says at this point? Okay. Okay, so we know that Donner has a hard time with the super duper looper. Yes. That has been established. That he has a rough time because he doesn't like flying, even though he's been doing it for thousands of years at this point. He still does not like flying. The two lead reindeer ducked their heads obediently and sharply started downward pulling the sleigh after them as they swept below and beneath the smoking patch mobile. Now, I know that we're getting to that, but just bear with me. The book isn't 100% the same, you know. Gathering momentum to begin their tremendous loop, the reindeer and sleigh began to climb again, rising upward more and more steeply, beginning their first crescent of arc. Rapidly approaching the critical point where Donner's nerve habitually failed him, Santa held his breath with only six deer instead of eight. Even the slightest hesitation would mean failure for them. So they're all very scared <laughs> at this point. But this time, with the vision of smoking Patch Mobile above, knowing that his beloved Patch was aboard it, Donner gritted his teeth and made the supreme effort of a lifetime. He kept on climbing, climbing, never looking down, but fixing his gaze on Patch's car. That doesn't really happen in the movie, and I was actually thinking that this could have been more of a moment for Donner, mm -hmm. where even this could have been, like, Donner's big... This could have been Donner's idea, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Santa is like, I can't think of anything. I don't know what to do. It's hopeless. And then we close up on Donner, and he's, like, determined, like, what's he doing? Santa mm -hmm. and Cornelia, what's Donner doing? And then Santa yeah. realizes, the super duper looper, Donner, you can do it. Yeah. I, th You know, if I wanted to punch up the script 40 mm -hmm. years later, like we have been. Right. <laughs> the yeah. past couple of years. Yeah. This could have been more of a hero's moment for Donner and a more satisfying ending to his arc of being scared of heights, maybe. Yeah. 
So I just wanted to point out there, I know you're going to talk about the relationship of distance between the Patchmobile and Santa's sleigh yes. at some point here. But I just want to point out that it does say that they sharply started downward, which you don't really see no. in the movie in with the, the movie, different angles it, they have. Yeah, it feels like I'd written in my notes that they start to go upward because they mm -hmm. are down below the Patchmobile. The Patchmobile is, is at a higher altitude because last minute Joe asked Patch, can you make this thing go higher? Mm -hmm. So Patchmobile is up here, so it feels like there's like an initial like droop down. Mm -hmm. I wish you guys could see what I'm doing in my hands. This hands <laughs> the sleigh. And it feels like they're going upwards to catch up with the Patchmobile, that boost of speed. Mm -hmm. That's definitely how it plays out on film anyway. Yeah, that's how it looks. Santa offers up some words of encouragement to the reindeer. Give it all you got. Come on now. Come on. And when we're really breaking down this minute, it is so impressive how many elements are in play between close-ups that are superimposed and miniatures and puppets and animatronics. It must have taken a really effects. long time to do this one minute of the movie. I have to imagine they probably filmed all the sleigh and Patchmobile stuff pretty early on so the special effects teams mm -hmm. could just be focusing on this climax of the movie. And yeah. it all fits together pretty seamlessly, if I mm -hmm. if I say so myself. <laughs> Good job, Santa Claus the movie crew. Give you a thumbs up, like I do every week. So we see that wide shot, like I was saying, how the sleigh is kind of going upward at an angle underneath the patch wheel, like directly below it, and it's going to pop out in the next shot. Uh, we do have a close-up of Santa and Cornelia in the sleigh passing directly below the Patchmobile. You can mm -hmm. see the physical bottom with the tires of the Patchmobile and like Cornelia kind of looks up at it. Do you think they kind of like hovered the bottom of the Patchmobile over? I don't know. Carrie and uh, Santa? They had to. Uh, it had to have been physical in some yeah. in some sense. It may not have been the whole car. Right. They could have maybe just, just built a bottom. Yeah, built the bottom and the wheels. Because I yeah. know when we talked to Carrie a couple years ago, she said how in those shots, like, there were just two reindeer butts. Yeah. Not full reindeer in front of them. <laughs> and then Santa keeps cracking those reins. I think making it Donner's decision, making Donner determined to do this and get over his fear, you know, would have made this a little more comfortable to watch. Because Santa's like, just cracking those whips on those poor deer. Those reins, mm -hmm. not whips, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah the reins yeah along with you like cracking the reins you know here is that donner is the one that's really leading this team you know he's the one that you always have to work out for uh look out for but these reins don't even touch donner they're just on the back too you know what i mean <laughs> like the poor the back two deer are like what i'm doing it like <laughs> We haven't we haven't tried to figure out who whose two butts those are. No. <laughs> All right, so we have to figure out which two, we have to remember which two were sick, yeah. and the traditional reindeer lineup. And, mm -hmm. All right. Anyway, we'll we'll do that later. We'll do that as a bonus. <laughs> we'll do that during the credits. Yeah, you, we have to look up more info for that. When you get bored of me reading off every name in the credits, <laughs> you you'll sit there reading. I'll be working on something else. 
So now we see a shot from Patch's point of view. You can see like the little reindeer hood ornament from the front of the Patch mobile. So you know it's from Patch's POV. Yeah. And then you, the reindeer emerged from underneath it. Because all this time, Joe and Patch have been oblivious that Santa's been following them. Right. I guess they didn't glance in the rearview mirror at all. Well, they couldn't ri- see because the smoke was billowing out. Oh, that's out. true. Yeah, the billowing smoke from the candy yeah. canes. That's true. They couldn't see. Joe is the first to notice Santa because Patch is more concentrated on trying to get all those bells and levers and steering under control. Right. But after Joe points out it's Santa, Patch looks up and his face lights up and he exclaims happily, Santa! The sleigh is now flying straight up. Yeah, it's about to do the loop, upside down loop, over mm-hmm. the Patchmobile. And this sight really impresses Joe because he's got to know what a big deal this is. Yeah. That the deer are finally doing the looper. No, well, I just want to point out real quick. Uh, they are going straight up, but when you see the shot of the deer going up and you can see the Patchmobile right in the center of the screen with the smoke coming out the back... That little, it does like a, like a little, uh, little jerk, like when the deer are coming up and you can see them. And that is Patch hitting the brakes on the car so he doesn't hit the reindeer. There's like oh, wow. a, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's Patch stopping his Patchmobile from going forward so he doesn't hit them. Was that from the book? Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I thought it, I was very impressed because I noticed that they did that in the movie. You know, that's something it happens so quick that you don't even notice it. Patch glances back at the exploding candy canes. They're kind of still kind of popping slowly in his trunk and his happiness turns to panic. And now it's a more panicked cry. Santa! Santa! The is now totally upside down. Thankfully, Santa's hat stays on his head. <laughs> Nothing's falling out. Well, that's just that's the uh, the forces that yes, are keeping like on a, like Santa on a roller coaster, and yeah. Cornelia in the sleigh without a seat. Santa says, "That's the way, Donner. That's the way." He, now he has said that before to the reindeer, and I've had to point out how, for many years, I thought he was saying "dash away," like in "Night Before Christmas" mm-hmm. poem. They sound very similar. Yeah. But he's not saying dash away, dash away. He's saying that's the way, Donner. The music gets super dramatic now, and then it happens. The Patchmobile explodes, and it is a big explosion. It is. And Patch and Joe, look how close they were sitting to that explosion. Patch and Joe should be dead. Oh my god! They should be. They should not have survived this. Uh, I mean, these two. If you pause the explosion right as the Patchmobile <laughs> is getting flown apart, I will put this. I'm going to take a screenshot right now, and I'm going to put it on the website. If you are looking at this scene where the Patchmobile is getting exploded, Patch and Joe are getting tossed in the air from the force of this explosion. They are right in the middle of the flames. There is zero way in real, I mean, if there could be a flying car that exploded due to overheating candy canes, there's zero ways that these two would survive this. 
But luckily for them, gravity in this movie's universe works like a Warner Brothers cartoon. <laughs> yes. And Patch and Joe are blown upwards. Yes. And they have enough Straight time up. on their way down to like hug each other, like cling on to each other while they're going, wah, 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 wah. They fly to each other. Joe's little feet are kicking like you wouldn't believe to get to Patch so that they could hug each other on the way down. Cornelia cries out for Joe as the reindeer complete the looper. And then we see uh, another close-up of Patch and Joe clinging to each other as they're falling. (laughs) The sleigh flies back around right at the exact moment Mm -hmm. for Patch and Joe to perfectly fall neatly into the back of the sleigh. Now, was this part of the plan or was this a happy accident? Because was the Santa's idea for the looper to get that extra burst of speed to catch up with the car? Okay, are you ready for me to get into this? Okay, please get into this. Okay. I did some research on loops in physics. Now, I know that we have a little leeway because, as you just said about 60 seconds ago, gravity in this movie works like a cartoon. (laughs) So it's a little off. (laughs) But I did some physics research on loops. And I just want to say... A little bit of history of loops was the first um, loop-de-loop was actually in the 1940s. It was a centrifugal railway that was constructed in Western Europe. But loops, like roller coaster loops, were not popular until the 1970s. So it was very new still when they created this movie of roller coaster loops. So I think that part of it was the excitement of a roller coaster loop was still so new that they put that into the movie because it was cool. and. But I imagine there must have been like trick airplane pilots that would have tried to do loop-de-loops. Yeah, they have barrel rolls Mm -hmm. for pilots that are the same exact thing as a super-duper looper. Now the problem with the super-duper looper is that... I don't know how to I don't know how to set this up exactly, but I'm going to try my hardest. In order to do a loop, the speed the the sleigh has to go up an incline and then down an incline to get gravity to help with the acceleration and the speed to chain to get enough kinetic energy to start a loop. This isn't really for flying as much, you know what I mean? But it's still the same idea. So they have to get down to get an accelerated speed in order to get through the first part of a loop. Now, the, the problem with you saying that they need a, a, an increased speed to catch them at the bottom was why they were doing the looper looper. The duper looper, super duper looper, <laughs> the speed <laughs> going into the bottom of the loop is the same exact speed as when you're exiting the loop. The only speed change is at the top, where the speed drastically slows down when you're weightless at the top of the loop. And then when you go back down, you're the same speed. So there was no benefit of speed. It was the same after going down that first initial decline where he went downward. 
in the book. Downward, that speed is the same speed he would have been when he was getting out of the super duper looper. So I have two theories as to why they had the super duper looper. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. All right. Listeners, you need, too bad you can't see the visuals. Ben put on a professor's (laughs) hat and she has a whiteboard and a pointer. And there's all these formulas and arrows pointing (laughs) on the blackboard behind her. It's amazing. She put a lot of effort into this. (laughs) So, um, in conclusion, the super duper looper was not about speed. So, number one. Okay. Santa knew with the super duper looper, Patch would finally see them and stop the car like he does in the movie. He stops the Patchmobile. And he planned on them jumping into the sleigh or following them to the North Pole. He wasn't expecting it to blow up then, but he was, the whole point of the super duper looper was to get Patch to slow down and okay, see them. that would make sense. So that would be, so my wondering if catching them in the back was a happy accident, that kind of right. falls in with that theory. Yes. So that's my number one theory. Okay. My second theory is following your the all-seeing Santa that you have <laughs> the mentioned. D- a Doctor Strange times. Santa. <laughs> yes, that he knew it was gonna blow, and he needed Patch to stop flying fast so that they could bail from the car. And the only way to get Patch to stop flying so fast was to pull up in front of him to make him stop, so that when they came back down through the looper, they could jump into the sleigh to bail from the car. So those were my thoughts. I'm I'm thinking that he probably didn't know it was going to blow up at that moment, but he was trying to get Patch and Joe out of the Patchmobile. So he flew the super duper to get them to stop and then back down under so that they could jump into the sleigh, but it blew up in the middle. I can go along with either one of those. I do have a question though. What happened to the side of that mountain that they were heading right towards last minute? Does that play into the decision of a super duper looper, like to avoid the crashing into the side of the mountain? The mountain is still there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just we are a lot lower than we were at the beginning. The mountain, you can still see the mountain. Unfortunately, in the book, it doesn't say anything as to why Santa wanted to do the super duper looper. But I do want to read... This one little part that I think is funny. Patch jammed on the brakes in a frantic attempt to avoid a collision. And at the same moment in the most awesome display of fireworks since the bicentennial, the candy canes exploded, blowing the Patchmobile apart. Its chunky oversized toy parts flew out and away in all directions like an exploding jigsaw puzzle and its two terrified occupants were flung straight up into the sky, Patch still gripping the steering wheel. (laughs) So that's probably why the steering wheel looked like it was loose. Patch was probably supposed to be holding on to that when when it flew out, when he flew out of the car. (laughs) He was probably supposed to still be holding it. More more Wile E. Coyote type stuff like the car blows up and he's still holding the steering wheel and he's flying through the air yeah (laughs) and then it says they reached the top of their own arc just as the looping sleigh reached its zenith 
It hovered there in a split second of incredible weightlessness and then began to plummet down again through the earth. I just wanted to read a couple of those passages because I thought they were very well written and very descriptive of what was happening. So I think we did. I think we have made sense of the super duper looper and the usage of said super duper looper. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do want to add um, we did have um, one of the Christmas podcasters reach out to us. This is Steve. And he said that he had just listened to our minute 101 and he he had heard an explanation last year that someone gave him that made sense that by doing the super duper looper the sleigh goes under the patchmobile in front of it drawing attention that they are there when previously patch and joe didn't know which is what i said mm -hmm. so i think we we're agreeing on that and it takes them up and over and then most importantly back under the patchmobile in time to catch them after the explosion. So the super duper looper, I think everyone is in grants that the super duper looper was to get their attention and get them to stop flying. Okay. I can, I can yeah. buy that. I'm going to go mm -hmm. with that. And yeah. then just catching them in the back of the sleigh. That was just a happy accident. Yes. That it all worked out that way. So back to the movie, Santa looks over his shoulder <laughs> As the duo land with a thud in the back of the sleigh, Santa lets out a ho, ho, ho! <laughs> like a triumphant ho, ho, ho. And then Joe is the first to pop out from the back of the sleigh, and he and Cornelia hug. Patch pops up next. He's holding on to his hat slash flight goggles. He does a trademark Dudley Moore laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then he begins to say to the reindeer up ahead, Oh my fries! I think I don't know what he saw. We we'll find out next I week. Think, I think it is so funny how deep this sleigh is. <laughs> now I know Well it has that... to hold a very big I sack. Know. I was just gonna say, I know it has to hold a lot of toys, but Joe and Patch, I mean they disappear in the backseat of that thing. It's like they go right through a hole in the floor. And <laughs> Joe, it looks there like could they be go... like a There could be like a below deck, you know? Yeah, like, like Santa, Santa and Cornelia's seat is elevated, and yeah. then below it is like extra storage space for all those toys. Well, it's funny because it looks like they fall through the bottom of the sleigh, and Sant, the next shot you have Santa going, ho, 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 like, And they're still falling. <laughs> There's a patch and a Joe-shaped hole in the bottom of the sleigh. And I also want to point out, uh, even though they were seated that close to an explosion, uh, their clothes are not tattered. They don't have any, like... They're not even dirty. Yeah, not, not any, like, like so, stuff on their face or anything. Nothing. Nothing. you think they'd be a little uh, worse for wear, but no, they're still nope. in good shape. Patch didn't even lose his goggles in, in this explosion. His white scarf is still white. <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of details to get right in this. They did. Scene I, I am impressed at how well everything came together. I'm going to overlook the fact that their costume does not match the explosion and the trauma they just went through. Nowadays in 2022, we take shots like this for granted. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, I mean, I'm not putting, I'm not saying that CGI special effects people 
it's not hard for them to create this stuff, but it's like, oh, that was done in a computer. This right. They had to, like, craft little tiny reindeer and little tiny Pajmobile and then the full-size animatronic heads and the butts and the big sleigh and the close-ups and all the things had to be superimposed on film. Mm-hmm. There were a lot more steps back in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, the computer animation that they do today is, is amazing. And it obviously takes, it takes a lot of talent and a lot of work. But this is a different type of work. And, like... The amount, the room for error is a lot less. Because computer animation, you could just slide it over a little. With this, if it's a little out of whack, you have to do the shot all over again. Yeah, it's like a lot of, a lot more. Yeah, it's on. like we, we only have one miniature patch mobile we can blow right. up. We right. have we to have get to, it right. Yeah, we can't just redo it again, you know. We can't just back up the footage and try it again. We gotta do it right. <laughs> So Patch and Joe are safe, Ben. Mm-hmm. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. We finally talked about it. I'm glad that we looked into the Super Duper Loop. I am glad, too. It was a lot of work. <laughs> I did a lot of research into the physics of loops that I did not realize I was going to do. I mean, I have potential energy, kinetic energy, centrifugal energy. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> Doesn't it feel weird that we are providing so much closure to all these questions that have been percolating in our heads for the past yeah. 37 years? Or I, I've lost how many anniversaries of the movie we've celebrated. <laughs> yes, it it is really nice, actually, because a lot of movies, you know, you'll watch it and then you be like, oh, I wonder why they did that or that part didn't really make sense. But when you go through it a minute at a time and you really kind of slow down and think of how and why they did each and every minute of the movie, it really pulls the whole thing together. I think it kind of gives you more of insight of how a direct, like how a director actually directs the movie. And we've been lucky that the novelization has helped. Oh yeah. Helped immensely. Yes. So sure. shout out, we'll have to shout out the author of that book again. I'm sure it's based on the screenplay, but thank you. I know her name's Joan. Yes, Joan Avinge or Vinge. Is she, she still did an around? Amazing job. Is she huh? still around? Like, can we get I her on our podcast? I have no idea. I never even thought to look into her, but she probably doesn't even remember. <laughs> like, I, I did a what on a what net? A book on a what? <laughs> I just copied the script and added some flair. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else to add to minute one hundred and two before we uh, before we wrap this one up? I don't think so. I think we've pretty much said everything that we wanted to say and we've done have, it super I don't duper ha- looper yeah we can't we can't act like the movie's over yet we still have no. we have still have five more minutes of movie six more minutes yeah like one more minute of action and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i don't have the minutes, minutes in front of me I, but i imagine i imagine we must be back at the workshop next week yeah i think so i have the book i can tell you i don't know if i want to give that away no, you'll, you'll have to send me the actual files. We'll find out. It'll be a surprise to all of us. But <laughs> I'm hoping we get to talk about Vout and Goobler again. <laughs> Honka. Goobler. I know. Yeah, it's been a while a... since we brought them up. We have two more minutes of, of movie. We have 103 and 104 of movies. So two more minutes of movie. That's awesome. So hang around. And a lot of stuff happens during the credits, too. So yes. don't yep. tune out yet. We're, we just came back. You don't want to tune out yet. <laughs> no, not yet. We're going to finish the movie. The end. 
gonna finish the movie by Christmas. That's right. We didn't even point out at the top of the show that two episodes, two weeks in a row. (laughs) That hasn't happened in a long time. We're doing it. We're as determined as Donner doing the looper. So, Ben, where can people find us online if they want to talk to us about Santa Claus the movie? Minute or one their or... theories of the super duper. Yes, duper. yeah. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can send us an email at santabytheminute at gmail.com. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. Hot cream!